Praise God. We thank God for uh, another time of appreciating his word. And um, it's always a great privilege to be on this platform, Tenant Radio. And I pray, believe God for expanded territories and influence across the globe. And more grace upon Pastor Aris and Pastor Jeff for the great work they're doing. Amen. And so we, it's always a privilege. My name is Reverend Solomon Wilson from Toda Temnaco. It's always a privilege to come uh, in your way, uh, at least um, once every week or twice every week, to just let you appreciate um, the word of the Lord. Amen. May we have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We honor you, O oh God, for the privilege you've given us. Father, we pray the spirit of understanding and clarity. And Father, we pray that we will not force the interpretation of Scripture, but we shall yield to the flow of your spirit. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that as we look at your word, cause us to be educated, not just for head knowledge sake, but for a transformation in life. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for the faith to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For uh, for this month, uh, our ministry has been um, treating and praying into the topic reset and refocus. And and today, I'm just going to share with you an extract or one of the things that I believe that God wants us to appreciate in our days and our times. And so, I'm briefly going to talk about reset for the new. Reset for the new. I believe that God wants us to readjust ourselves and to get ourselves ready for the new because he's a God that does new things all the time. And I believe that um, God wants us to be in that positioning of knowing what he's doing at this present time and age. Amen. So it's going to be a bit of a, a teaching, preaching bit, but I believe that by the release of the prophetic, the Lord would direct us specifically uh, in certain areas of our life. So I'm briefly going to talk about reset for the new to reset for the new. Now, there is something called the reset button, which is normally put on devices, um, normally computers. And what these buttons do is that they tend to switch um, on a computer and, and a button or a switch on the computer that allows you to turn it off and then on again when a program does not work pro correctly or properly. So what is happening is that naturally speaking, there is this special button on the device. What it does is that you switch it off when you press it and then you switch it back on again if there are any problems with the working of the program. Now, what it basically does is that it causes the device to initialize again or to reboot. And I believe that God wants us to appreciate this concept, even though I've used natural analogies to explain for it to apply to our spiritual lives. For some of us, they are, they are, they will come to a point, and I believe that in our days, that we need to press that reset button and to cause our lives and our ministries to initialize again and reboot. Because God can never do anything new with people with an old mindset. And so it is very important for us to press that button in our spirits, in our minds, and say, God, we are getting reset for the new experience. Now, what normally happens, again, using a natural analogy, is that, for instance, on the phone, when you press the reset button, what it does is that it removes the preferred settings and the information stored on the phone. So whenever you press it, the preferred settings that you've already put in place, 
will be removed. The information that are stored on the phone is likely to be lost. And you might look, you might lose things like photos, you might lose things like apps and contacts. And, and I believe that this is what God is saying in our days that we have certain programs and settings in place in our churches, in our individual lives. There's certain information that we have filled our minds with. And because of that, we are not ready for the new experience. There are certain pictorial view that we have in our minds, in our thoughts of what God has done and what God cannot do and the limitations of God. We have drawn these programs into our minds because of the experiences that we've had in the past. And this is not allowing God to do the things that he wants to do in our lives. We are based our ministry and our lives based on the amount of contacts and connections that we have, the friends that we have, the circles of friends that we have. And that is what is defining our lives because we tap advice from them rather than seeking the face of God for the direction of God. And so we need to press the reset button so that we realign our contacts again because the most important contact that we need to have is the contact with the Spirit of God, with the contact with the word of God, contact with the heavens concerning our lives. And like I said, naturally speaking, when this button is pressed on the phone, one of the things that actually also happens is that the browsing history of the phone is cleaned off. Now, when we're talking about browsing history, it means that the websites you've been to, experiences that you've had, and bringing it into our, our spiritual principles, there are certain um, history that we have built for ourselves. There are certain places that we have been. There are certain situations that we have encountered, and they have formed our history. And this kind of history is influencing us or preventing us for resetting for a new experience because we think that everything has been in our past. There's nothing ahead of us, but God is in the God of refreshing and doing new things. And so the Bible says that he is about to do a new thing, which we're going to appreciate the scripture very soon. And so we are relying on systems that have ceased to work correctly. I say that again. We are relying on systems, being individuals, being churches, being ministries, being companies. We are relying on systems that have ceased to work correctly. But yet we are failing to press the reset button and say, God, we want to reset again and be willing and ready for new experiences. So our systems are failing. Now, the systems are deficient of power. The spiritual systems are deficient of power. They are deficient of fire. They are deficient of grace. They are deficient of purity. Yet these systems are still operational in our lives, in our homes, and our nation. They are failed. They are, um, they are deficient of power. There's no more pure power and the absolute power of the Spirit of God is not at work. The grace of God is not seen. The purity of life and the nature of God, holiness, is not seen. Why? Because we are still operating on systems which are not working properly. This is how we have done church. This is how church is done. This is how we do our services. This is how things are done. This is this is how you prepare for a message. This is how you pre and we are stuck in those systems. But God says that I'm doing something new that requires us to re erase and remove those systems because they are not good enough for the next level. We cannot rely on that for new experiences because God says that he wants us to reset for new experiences.
Now let's appreciate this. We are free to reset. We are free to reset. We think that is a waste of time to reset. It's a waste of time. We've gone through so far in life and ministry. We've gone so much ahead in ministry. This is how old we spent in, in our job. This is how old we are naturally. And so starting or resetting, rebooting is something that we think is a waste of time. But the thing is, it is better for us to reset than to keep on wasting the power of God and the grace of God by doing the old things and still expecting new experiences. And so we are afraid to reset. We are afraid to reboot. We are afraid to refresh. We are afraid to, to seek the revival of God because we think it's a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. You know, somebody say, I, I need the revival of God and, and, and I think that I need to spend some time seeking the face of God. And then they go, what is it? I mean, what is it about praying? What is it about reading the word of God? What is, the, what is it about going on retreat and camping? What is the point of it? It's a complete waste of time. It is not. It is a place where we can reset our minds, reset our focus again, and believe God for new experiences. We think that when we reset, we will lose our control. When we reset, we lose our control because we are so much used to be in charge that when we are resetted, it means that we have to believe in something new. And that fear of not knowing what is going to happen and not being in charge of your life and your ministry is what is preventing us to receiving the revival that God is about to bring, that new experience. We, we are so afraid that we lose control. We want to be in charge of the congregation. We want to be in charge of our families. We want to be in charge of our business. We want to be the final authority, but God should be the one in control. Until we are saying, God, we need your new experience. And because of that, we are willing to reset. We will never have that reset because we want to have control. We want to be in charge. We want to be able to detect things. Amen. Now we fail or we are afraid to reset. Because we are uncomfortable with new things. You know, we are so much accustomed to the old, and we feel so unfamiliar and uncomfortable with new things. And so we don't want to reset. God is directing you as a minister, as an overseer of a ministry, to start an area of ministry that you've never done before. You sense the edge the Lord is revealed to you prophetically, is revealed to you in a dream. But you are so reluctant because you are uncomfortable with new things. I want to stick with the old ways. I want to stick with the old format. I want to stick with the old approach. But God says that until we say that we are ready to even feel uncomfortable with the new things, we will never be ready for them. Amen. So race said people are afraid. Because they are uncomfortable with new things. They are not comfortable with new things. But I pray that as we talk and briefly reflect on the things of God and the word of God, I believe that some of us, and I believe every one of us, would just come to their consciences, their conscience and just say, God, I'm ready for the reset. I'm ready for the new experience. I'm ready for that. Amen. We are afraid to turn off our human inputs or systems and switch on the spirit's input and systems. That is the problem. You know, one of the things with devices is that when you are not comfortable as to how the resets work, when you press it and it goes off, 
There's this panic feeling that goes, well, I've broken my system. I've broken the device, you know. And that is the kind of thing that we have. We are not ready to turn off the human input. We've done it our own way. Our own systems have been in charge of our lives for a long time. But God is saying, turn it off. And I want you to switch on the spirit's system and the spirit's input. Because there's something I want to do. But you are so much human about it. You are so logical about it. You are so sentimental about it. You are so much attached with it, your emotions, that you are not ready for the new experience. Turn it off. Turn off the human input. Turn off the human systems. And put on and turn on the spiritual input and system. Now, it is time to reset. It is time for us to reset. Why is it so? Because the systems of this world are failing. The systems of this world are failing. Now we know that the systems of the financial system is failing. We know that the economic system is failing. We know that the religious system is failing. The legal system is failing. The defense and the health systems are all failing. And because all these things are failing and they are not working the way they ought to do, that is when we have to reset. Because everything has become so religious of late. Everything is so much sentimonious of late that we don't rely on the Spirit of God anymore. The financial systems are failing. Now we are asking governments to intervene. But the bad news is that the political system is also failing. So that is why we need to reset and say, God, we are pressing the reset button again by prayer and seeking your face and say, God, we need to start again. Give us a new idea or new ideas concerning our economic and financial investment. Give us new ideas concerning our educational systems. Lord, give us new ideas about our legal systems. We need the new experience. We need to reset for the new experience. There's a lot of changes that are going on in the systems around us, but they are not in line with the new things that God is about to do. They are birthed out of frustration. They are birthed out of fear. They are birthed out of panic. The governments have been inconsistent with their decisions. Why? It's not because they've known something new that works, but because they are panicking, they are fearful, and so they are making decisions that are not even thought through. Amen. So now let's appreciate it in the context of the scripture which I've been referring to, which is Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. We'll, we'll appreciate the scripture even more as we go on. But Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, and I'm reading from the King James Version. He says, Remember ye not the former thing, Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now God speaks to the people of Israel prophetically by the mouth of the prophet, calling for an awakening and readiness for the new. God says that I'm going to do something. And so I want my prophet, I want my mouthpiece 
to declare a state of emergency and the need for spiritual awakening to say that I'm about to do a new thing. There is a prophetic voice that is crying out in our days for a reset for the new. There is a prophetic voice that is saying that God is about to do something new. So readjust your life, readjust your ministry, readjust your mind, reset it again. Because God is about to do a new thing. There is a prophetic voice. You might take this teaching as a, one of the prophetic voices in our days. And you might take all the prophetic messages that you have received. The need for revival. I believe that those that are hearing us or hearing me this hour has that impression in their spirit that God is saying, I'm speaking to the nation. I'm shifting things. I'm going to start something new. I want you to readjust for the new. And I pray that as we listen to this prophetic voice, God will begin the new experiences in our lives. God is ready to expose us to greater and deeper spiritual experiences, but we are not set for them. I'll say that again. God is ready to expose us to greater and deeper spiritual experiences, but we are not set for them. We have not reset our lives in readiness for this new experience. Amen. Now we will come back to the scripture again. But let's go to the same chapter, Isaiah 43, verse 1. Now we're going to answer this question. To reset for the new, how do we do it? How do we reset for the new? Now before the prophet started talking, he, uh, talking about in the verse 18. Let's look at the verse 1 of the same chapter. And we can see some principles there in resetting ourselves for the new. Now it says, Isaiah 43 verse 1, reading the New King James Version. How do we reset for the new? But now that saith the Lord, or says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Now, it's saying that for you to be reset for the new, the new thing that I'm about to do, there are certain insecurities, there are certain fears that needs to be addressed. Now, one of the things that I said from the beginning, is the fear of not being in control, the fear of the unknown, the fear of wasting time, the fear of, of, of failing. And all these things are hindrances to the reset. And so before the prophet talked about the new thing that God was about to do, he needed to address fear in the heart of Jacob, in the heart of Israel. He needed to address fear in the heart of the people. Now, the fear of restarting, the fear of losing your initial investment. Now, I'm saying some of the fears. The fears of restarting, the fears of losing your initial investment. Probably you are telling yourself, God, I've put so much money into it. I've put so much time into it. You know the system is failing. You know God is giving you a different direction. But you are afraid of losing the initial investment. You are afraid of losing the initial resources that you have invested into that which you are doing. But God says that I want you to address the fear. 
What other fear do we have to address? The fear of losing your identity. The fear of losing your identity. It says that, it says, I've formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. So I don't want you to be afraid of losing your identity. I don't want you to be afraid of losing your popularity. I don't want you to be afraid of losing your brand, which is a new term altogether. And it's so strange that we are bringing it into the body of Christ. It's all about the way we brand. It's not about how the spirit brands us and that which we represent and do. He says, I want you to be assured of this Jacob. Now he says Jacob and then says Israel. So he's remembering him, his name, and is remembering where he's called him from. I've given you a new identity. You are not just Jacob, but you are Israel also. A mother of many nations, the father of many nations, have multiplied you. And so he says, don't be afraid that you're going to lose your identity. Because your true identity and your brand is found in me. When I found you as Jacob the trister, and I multiplied you and called you Israel, I know where I'm taking you. Your identity is in me. Your new identity is in me. So he addresses the fear in their lives. The fear of restarting, the fear of losing your initial investment, the fear of losing your identity or popularity or branding, but remembering that your identity and your brand is found in God. That is what the prophet was addressing. He says, don't be afraid. I, knew, I know you as Jacob and I know you as Israel. I've called you by name. You're not going to lose your identity. In fact, you are going to find your identity if you risk it for the new experience. Amen. So the first thing, how do we reset? Be reset by addressing fear. Okay. Now, then he says something in Isaiah 43 verse 1 again. He says, but now, that saith the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, now, how do we reset? We reset by maintaining a strong conviction that God created and formed us for his purpose. You know, when we are very convinced and persuaded that God is the one that created us, that God is the one that formed us, and he has formed us for a purpose, then we will be ready for the reset. We'll be ready for the new experience. Because he formed us for the purpose. Because when you reset according to God's direction and directive, you will never lose your identity. You will never lose your ability to function in terms of fulfilling your purpose. There is a purpose that God has given you by creating and forming you. And so we should maintain that strong conviction. Even though I'm changing from A to B, I'm not doing it the A style anymore. I'm moving to B. Still, God created me and formed me for that purpose. I'm going to achieve the purpose that God has called me because he has directed me to reset for the new experience. Amen. Everything you are and everything that you can ever achieve is connected to his purpose. Everything that you can be and everything that you can achieve is all about his purpose. 
not your agenda. When we understand that by changing from the old to the new is all part of achieving the purpose of God, then we are ready for the reset. Because many a times the reason why we are so rigid and reluctant in resetting for the new is that we have our own agenda to achieve. But we are created and fall for a purpose. And that was what uh, the prophet was telling Israel. That what the prophet was telling Jacob. He says that I formed you. I created you for a purpose. I've designed you to fulfill an agenda. Not your agenda, but my purpose. The Bible says all things were created for his pleasure. And they are all were created. And so all the things that we see, even ourselves, were created for the purpose and the pleasure of God. He told them again that I formed you, I created you. You know what it means? It means that you need to have the strong conviction that he knows your strengths and he knows your weaknesses because he made you. The reason why sometimes we are afraid of experiencing the new is that we think that the new will expose our weaknesses. And because of that, we are so reluctant to reset for the new. So what we have to embrace is, God, I know you formed me. I know that you made me. I know that you created me for your purpose. You know my strength and you know my weaknesses. So I'm going to reset anyway for the new. And I know that your grace, which is sufficient for me, will equip me for the new experience. And that is what I believe that God wants us to have in heart and say, God, we are resetting for the new. So two points I've said, address fear, addressing fear or maintaining strong conviction that God created and formed you for his purpose. That is how we reset. Okay, now, coming back again to Isaiah 43 verse 1, we are still in the verse 1. It says, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. He is bringing them or causing them not to lose sight of their redemption and their salvation. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemer of the Lord says, I'm redeemed. It's giving you that assurance. For you to reset and adjust for the new, you should never lose sight of the value of your redemption and the nature of your redemption. And so he says, I've redeemed you. I've saved you. I've placed value on your salvation. I made my only begotten son to die in your place, as uh, the book of John says. And so, lose, not losing sight of your redemption makes you to reset for the new. Because you are conscious that it's a new experience to enhance my salvation experience, to enhance my redemption that I have with God. And I believe that God is calling us to come to that place of valuing our salvation. Because if we value our salvation, we'll not be stuck with the old ways that is making us lose of our salvation. Because in fact, the Bible says that we should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We are saved, we are being saved, and we'll be saved. And so God wants us to have this consciousness that there is an ultimate agenda for him to, for us to maintain our redemption. And so he says, remember that I've redeemed you. Value that salvation. When you value your salvation, you can restart for the new things of God. When you value your salvation, because it is all about our salvation, 
working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And, and many of times we, we sort of start to the old that we forget about the newness of the salvation. You know, the psalmist they will pray. David said and said, restore unto me the joy of that salvation. I want me not to forget it. Even though I'm a king now, even though you, you brought me this far, I want to keep the value of the salvation. And when we value our salvation, we'll be able to reset for the new. Amen. Now, coming back again to um, Isaiah 43, verse 1, there's still um, a few points to, uh, to extract from that at least two. It says that I have called you by name. I've called you by name. Now, I've called for a purpose. Now, if you know that there is a divine calling over your life, and it's not an earthly calling. You'll be able to reset for the new. God has called you in different capacity. For some of us, he's called us into ministry as pastors, as evangelists, as, as, as apostles, as prophets, as, 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 as many ad administrators. He's called us into different capacities. And because God has called us and it's a heavenly calling, we should be adjusting for the new experiences that comes from the Father in heaven. Because we are called, we are meant to fulfill an agenda. And he puts it nicely in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. He says, and we know that all things work together for our good, including the new experiences. He says, we know that all things work together for our good, including the new experience that we are free to reset for. It's because he says, for those who love God, and those that are called according to his purpose. There is a divine purpose for our lives. And we are called for that purpose. And so the experiences of the new that we are not ready to reset for is all part of the workings of God. And so he wants them to understand that I've called you. I have a divine assignment over your life. And this new experience is meant to reinforce and reenact that new uh, that purpose that you are called for. Amen. So you are called for a purpose. So I want you to readjust as a minister. What is it that God has called me for? Has God called me for that? Has God called me for this? What is it that God is imprinted on my heart? What is it that God is want, wanting to do in my life as a new experience? Because you are called with a purpose. Because staying in the old causes you to deviate from the purpose. Because as part of fulfilling the purpose, all things will have to work in your favor. So the new changes all work in your favor for that. Amen. Now, the final one still from Isaiah 43 verse 1. You might say, what is it in that verse that we keep on extracting things from? But there's still more to say. Now, the final one is that I've called you by my, I've called you by your name and you are mine. That possession, ownership. Because it changes everything. Why are you so reluctant for a change? Is it because you think you own your life or you own your ministry? It says, you belong to me. You are my possession. And so if we are the possession of God, why is it that the spirit of God is prompting you and you are so reluctant because you are shifting into a territory that you are not comfortable with? It says, you are mine. I want you to understand. That you don't owe yourself. You don't own yourself. 
I am the owner of your life. I'm the owner of your marriage. I'm the owner of your ministry. I'm the owner of your family. I'm the owner of your company. I own your life. And because of that, I want you to mold yourself to fit the new experiences that I'm about to bring in your life. When you really know that God owns your life, it is easier to reset for new experiences. When you understand that God is the owner of your life, you'll not be reluctant for new experience. Now, I want us to go back to the original chapter again, the original context. That's the, the verse, the text that we quoted, Isaiah 43, uh, 18 to 19. I took us back to the one so that we understand what the 18 and 19 say. So we are going back. So answering the question, how do we reset? Now, going back to Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, remember not the former things remember not the former things neither consider the things of old behold i'll do a new thing now it shall spring forth that you not know it and i will even make way in the wilderness and when i read this scripture talking about the the, the kingdom saying i will even make way it means that i'm doing something that cannot be compared with what you've ever seen before i will even make way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now let's continue to answer the question. How do we reset? It states clearly in the verse 18. Remember ye not the former things. It means that for us to reset. We need to forget the former things. We need to forget the former things. And what does that mean? Forgetting the former things. Means that. Or sometimes, let me say this before I say that, what I was about to say. Sometimes it's a good thing to be forgetful. Because the memory of former things prevents us from experiencing the new. i say that again. Sometimes it is good to be forgetful. Because the memory of former things prevents us from experiencing the new. And so the prophet says, don't remember, forget. Make a conscious effort to forget. I mean, it's not easy to forget. By saying forget, it means that you have to make the conscious effort by prayer and reflection of what God can do in your life and anticipation of new experiences. That helps you to forget that former things. Forgetting former things means you are removing your preferred way of doing things. You are removing your preferred way of doing things. Remember, when we started off, we are talking about the fact that when you press the reset button, one of the things that it does, it takes away your preferred settings. And so there are certain ways in which we do things. We are just stuck in those ways. And so forgetting the former self or the former things, it means removing your preferred way of doing things. Removing some information in your past. There are certain things that we have to consciously remove from our memory. There are certain things that we have to consciously remove. And one of them is the way of doing things. And that means this requires removing some thoughts. It requires removing some behaviors. It requires removing certain words from our language. Because it says that do not remember the former things. It's not just that. It is removing our thoughts, removing some behaviors, removing some words out of addiction. 
Because I believe that God says that I want you to reset for the new and requires a change of thoughts, require a change of behavior, require the change of words. And so he says, forget the former things. So when we are forgetting former things, it means that we are removing thoughts, we are removing behaviors, we are removing words. It means that we are removing preferred way of doing things. And we are even removing certain sets of information. Amen. Now, very quickly, we're going to move on to the seventh one. So the sixth one is forget the former things. Now, the seventh one is still in the uh, verse 18. It says, do not consider old things. You might say that it's the same thing, but it's slightly different. The reason why it's different is that he uses the word consider. That is to say, in other translations, we say compare. And so what he's saying is that for us to reset for the new, we should not compare. We should not compare experiences of the past, experiences of ours, and experiences of others that is in the old. The word there is old, considering the old. This requires you not to compare your history with the unknown future. Because many a times what we do is that we sit in the place where we are constantly evaluating and comparing the past experience. God says that what I'm about to do in your life is so different that don't waste your time comparing. As long as you are comparing, you are not reset for the new. Because if you can compare and know, it means there is nothing new. New means new. So if you have a way of assessing it, then it's still part of the old. Because a new thing is a new thing. It comes to you and you know that it's new. So I don't want you to compare with the past because it's completely new. Now, for some of us, we only have a different version of our old experiences. It's not a new, it's a different version. But God says that I'm doing something that you've never seen before. Huh. And so it says, forget comparing. The new thing that God is about to do cannot be compared with the old. The new is incomparable com compared to the old. It is incomparably greater than the old. You cannot compare it. And so I don't want you to have uh, um, an, an underestimation of what God is about to do. It's so new. That's why you all you have to do is to reset. Because if you don't reset, you will struggle with trying to marry the old and the new. Because it's so new. And so how do we reset? We forget about the former things and we fail to compare them or we should not compare them. We limit the extent of our new spiritual experiences by our attitude of comparing. With that attitude of comparing things and comparing ourselves uh, from, from the present and old limits the extent to which the new experiences are going to come forth in our lives. Amen. Now, very quickly, and then we pray. Now, let's look at this. It says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, another popular scripture, Philippians 3, 13 and 14, enforcing the idea that we should forget the former things and not to compare. It says, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended. I've not been there yet. There's better experiences ahead. But this one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth onto the things which are before, the new experiences that are before, I'm reaching out to them. He says, I press towards the mark for the prize is the prize. It means that it is not a prize. It means that there is something new, something that you've never experienced before. It's not like the other thing. The prize of the high calling of God in Christ. I forget about the past. I don't compare myself with the things of the past, but I stretch forth, pressing on. There's a new experience ahead. Amen. Now, our last way, our last point on how to reset. Our last point on how to reset. In the verse 19, it says, Shall ye not know it? Can't you see it? That's the question. So how do we reset? We reset by resetting the way we see. We reset our perception. He says, you cannot. Can't you see it? Why can't you see it? Because you have not reset your perception. The way you see is so much the same of the old that you will not be able to appreciate the new things which have begun already. So how do we re reset for the new experience? We reset our perception. We reset the way we see things. Because God is going to cause us to see things which are meant to be spiritually discerned. And so he says something in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. You cannot receive the things that which God is about to do. And it says, for there are foolishness to him. Your perception is not reset. So when things are happening, the new things are happening around you, you may call them names. Oh, this minister is weird. This pastor is strange. What is this thing that they are doing? And this is not how we've done things over the years. Because your perception is still stuck and set in the old, you are not able to perceive that which God is about to do. So how do we reset for the new? We reset the way we see things. We reset our perception. We reset our spiritual discernment. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. You cannot see or discern with the natural senses. He said, can't you see it? It means that he was expecting them to see it. But the reason why they will fail to see is because they have not reset their perception. And I believe that God wants us to get this imprinted in our spirit. That he's doing a new thing, but he wants us to reset for the new thing. Now, in conclusion, I'm going to read this verse Matthew chapter 9 16 and 17 another popular scripture Matthew chapter 9 16 and 17 and then we pray no man put a piece of new clothes onto the old garment nobody does that for that which is put in it fill it up taken from the old garment and rent it is, and the rent is made worse. He says, For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. That means that it becomes even worse. Rips. Hmm. 
Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. You can never contain the new with the old. You rip apart. You tear apart and you'll be not able to sustain that new experience. That is why we need to reset for the new experience. It says you don't put the new wine in the old bottle. You put the new in the new. And you mend the new with the new garment. You don't mix the two. And I believe that God is saying that we need to reset for this new experience that is about to do. Because we cannot mix it up. We cannot have the old system running and have the new system running at the same time. We cannot have our own mindset, own my old mindset and behavior and words and still expect the new behavior and the new experience. God says, deal away with the old and reset for the new. Amen. I believe that God is speaking unto us. And I believe that we are going to hear the word of God and tap into it by faith. But we have a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you have spoken to us concerning the new that you are about to do. And Father, you've taught us how to reset. We are afraid. That's why we are not able to do it. We are afraid of losing our identity. We are afraid of losing our brand. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we have not come to a place of valuing our redemption enough to be willing to go the extra mile for the new experience. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Change our mindset, O oh God. And Father, we pray that we'll be forgetful about former things and will not compare the old with the new that cannot be compared with. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to see. Lift us up, O oh God. Energize us, O oh God. Fill us with the faith and the grace to embrace the new. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.